This is Power Ups and Power Bombs. I am Drizzy, and I am here with the first lady of Power Ups and Power Bombs, Black Barbie 116. How are you doing this week, ma'am? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't complain. It's Wednesday night, so I can't really complain too much. Week's almost over with, too. Yeah, I've literally been running on fumes just to realize that I have to work this weekend. <laughs> like, I really thought I was going to be off, but yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> oh, wow. I, was, I don't know. My days are running together. Uh, it's been a super busy week, especially in wrestling. I know last week we did not really go into too much of any of the companies we did strictly the black rest the bw 500 the black wrestling top 500 wrestlers list um as i said we'll try to get back on on track this week uh so sunday was all out aw's like it's what is it it's like their survivor series maybe like, i don't know how to how to uh cap categorize that one if we're looking at like big four what would you, you say? Honestly, I, I, you know what? I don't even know how to, because I'm, I wafer between it being like their SummerSlam and it being their Survivor Series. That might, that actually, that SummerSlam comparison might be a little bit a better comparison because they do have a pay per view in November, so yeah, full gear. So, so I would say full gear is like their Survivor Series. Yeah. So for those who did not watch, it was a moment in wrestling that. Very few companies can sit there and duplicate. Even WWE very seldomly has shows like this where everything hits. Like, everything. I cannot give you, like, the worst match that we knew was going to be the worst match still over-delivered for, for what I, I think. So, uh, let's just go through the recap. Uh, the buy-in, the best friends collect, the best friends Jurassic Express collective versus the Hardy family. Uh, the the best friend collective won. Any thoughts about the match? First and foremost, the the Hardy family office. So they need to break up. It's I, it's, it's too tough. many. Ta- it's all tag teams. Thank you. That's what uh, so I was about to get it. They need to break up Butcher and Blade. And Bunny need to go with Alistair Black, which, I mean, Malachi Black, my bad. Because that's what he wants. He wants them and Abaddon in a stable. He They need to go with him. Like, I I don't even understand. Like, some of the, like, all right, so when Matt Hardy took the private party, it made sense. Yes. Okay, so then he got the hybrid, too. Okay, a little more weird, but, I mean, it still is in the wheelhouse. Then we get Butcher and Blade and Bunny, and I'm like, um... What are we doing? <laughs> you just pick. You're just absorbing people now. Cause wasn't they with Eddie Kingston and the family? They were, and, and it's like that breakup, like that, just kind of like it went away softly, like a WWE storyline. It was like they got rid of they got rid of the whole Eddie Kingston family in general, and I don't know if it's because of Eddie's change of heart after his match with Moxley or what. You know, honestly, they started putting him with Moxley more, and then after that, we just didn't see the family either, because, you know, they started tagging them up. But also, I mean, I do know, what was it? Which one of them? Was it Penta? Didn't Penta get hurt? Well, Ray and Penta both got hurt at in their time being in the family. And yeah, then Pop- and, Pop- did I, 
And I think the butcher got hurt. The butcher got hurt. No, who was, yeah, the butcher got hurt during that time too. So, uh, it's it's yeah, it's a mess. I don't understand it. It's like a hodgepodge of misfits. Break them up. I mean, break them up. So then we went to the actual beginning of the show, and it was the AT the AEW TNT Championship. Miro beating Eddie Kingston in which a match that over delivered. And truly was a sneaky good match. Eddie Kingston pulled a old school wrestling trope. Like you just out of nowhere, I know your secret. You got a bad neck, don't you? And right. Miro ran with it. They ran with it. There were all types of suplex suplexes, so many DDTs. And we should probably have a new TNT champion right now if that ref didn't screw over. Okay, so I'm going to say this. AEW's referees are trash. Trash. They're blind. (laughs) Why are you trying to put together the the corner when there's a match going on? Now, now Rick Knox, Rick Knox is trash. JR, I'll tell you all day long on commentary. Nick, it was like uh, that whole night, everybody was trash. Everybody. And I was listening to Mike Kyoto. He was at, on somebody's podcast and he was talking about how he wanted to work and like, you know, JR and a bunch of them was kind of vouching for him to come work with the referees. But, you know, Tony Khan's like, no, you know, I want Aubrey to be in charge. But Mike Kyoto could show them some things because like, even if, you know, match aside, they don't really, their referees are kind of, with the exception of Aubrey, everyone else is kind of like, ugh, you know, eh. They miss their marks. They don't, you know what I'm saying? It, it looked it just weird. I know we're big advocates for women being in charge of stuff. I do think this is probably a case where somebody with a little bit more experience probably needs to help Aubrey out a little bit. Yes. Well, I mean, she could still be the voice of the referees, which she I mean, she does have a commanding voice because I follow or her. At least, or at least get like a uh what's it called? A senior advisor, maybe, I guess. Right, like Mike Kyoto was in WWE. Like, he didn't always referee matches. He was back there in the back advising the ref. They need somebody over them because eh, they were making a lot of mistakes. And, I mean, and a lot of it wasn't, you know, a part of the match type of mistakes. Right. So, but, again, Miro versus Eddie Kingston, very good match. It wasn't a wrestling match. It was a fight. Right. Uh, the next match was Moxley versus Kojima. Yeah, John Moxley beat a old man. Kojima is a crazy old man. There's for those who are not familiar with him, that is basically all it is. He is a crazy old man. But that match was not the highlight. The highlight of that match was at the end when the king of the crazy old men, Minoru Suzuki comes out and engages in a chop off with John Moxley. That was once in a lifetime right there. Well twice in a lifetime. And it actually led to the main event of tonight's uh dynamite, which was Suzuki versus Moxley. And it wasn't as good as the first time in New Japan, but it was still a pretty good match. Uh, any thoughts? Okay, well, thoughts on this match. Number one, 
Mox, this whole Moxley versus Japan thing, I'm for it. But I mean, we we gotta. What what's the end game here with with Moxley versus Japan? I mean, I want to see him. I, I want to see him lose. <laughs> Is that wrong to say? I think it's leading. It's kind of trying to help build up for uh for a Wrestle Kingdom this year. Okay. Because I think he's still trying to get. I, I, I fall behind in New Japan with all the wrestling. There's not enough days in the week. But I believe Tanahashi is still the NWA, the IWGP US champion. The belt yeah. that Mox is trying to get back. So to uh, he couldn't get over here for the match. So I think that's why we got Kujima and, uh, and uh, Suzuki. Well, here's something that'll help you out. <laughs> New Japan Strong is moving to Saturdays now. See? <laughs> so to help me out for them. I, I just so. don't find where it's at. Like, I can't never find where it's at. I believe they're in uh, L.A. Well, no, I mean, like, like where to watch it oh. for free. <laughs> uh, New Japan World. Okay. Uh, $9.99 a month, I believe. I might have to pay for that since, you know, Peacock is cheaper now. Yeah. So I'm gonna say uh, that's definitely it's definitely on there. I don't know if it's on any other any other outlets or anything like that, but I do know for sure it is on on there. Uh, but I believe that is the end game for all of this. They're trying to build toward him going. He's most likely going to Japan for that for Wrestle Kingdom because it's supposed to be a three a three night Wrestle Kingdom, a three night event, and it's typically two nights, right? It's, it used. It was one. <laughs> I know one time. Uh, these last two years have been two nights. Okay. And now they're just going to know what just get three, and that's just too much. And they are, and they, and the way it normally runs is there's Wrestle Kingdom, and then the next night is supposed to be New Year's Dash, which is another pay per view. It's kind of like their season opener, like it the resets the year for them. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know exactly what's happening with that now. It's being so you get it's the January fourth, fifth, then the eight, uh, January eighth. So you get a whole weekend and a Saturday. And I've heard people saying that New Year's Dash will probably be like that Monday or something like that. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to keep an eye on that when most of the time I don't get a chance to really watch uh Russell Kingdom or anything because it's normally going off when it's time for me to go to work. So they right. might wake up at like three in the morning just to watch. But it's a mess. That's our NW and uh New Japan talk. Uh <laughs> next match, the women's title match, Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. Uh Britt Baker did win. Any thoughts? Oh gosh, she's that bitch. I'm telling you, she. I love Britt Baker. Like Britt Baker is probably my favorite AEW wrestler. I mean, she's she should have been, and I'm going to keep saying it. She should have been the first champion that they had. She should have been the. She should have been the face of the women's division before because she has everything, and that. That thing that Adam Cole said to Tony Schiavone tonight, I was like, yes. 
Yeah, that was just I, I guess trying to get people like, "Hey, you're supposed to boo me. Stop, stop being happy." <laughs> I know, Adam but Cole they... is one of the, he's one of the few people that you're like, "Oh my God, is Adam Cole? I'm so happy." Oh, we're supposed to hate you. Okay. <laughs> but like Britt, she she's she's that one. Like she is their star. Like she should be the Charlotte at this point. Well, please don't be Charlotte. <laughs> I know, but, but like, I, I, you can have long title reign, but yeah, don't be Charlotte, please. <laughs> it was a, uh, she and it was a good match. It was a very good match. Yeah, Chris Statlander, Chris Statlander has probably been this has been, been Britt's best match to date, and it seems like every match she gets better and better. So, um, the next match is supposed to be well. Hold on. Well, the next match, the uh, it wasn't okay. This card kind of messed up the way it looks. The next match on here is the AEW Tag Team Steel Cage match. The Lucha Bros defeated the Young Bucks for the tag titles. This has to be a match of the year candidate. That that entrance is entrance of two thousand and twenty one. Yeah. The Lucha Bros came out here with the wrap, the the Aztec head headdress. I was, I was the jackets. I wanted one of those jackets. I was like, I'm sold. Yeah, sold. Like, hey, for rest of the team, if y'all making them jackets, go ahead and start mass producing them. Wait till tax time. I mean, mass producing them at tax time because that's when I got money. <laughs> but I was sold, and before they even, and I'm, you know, and I'm in the WWE state of mind, so I was like, you know what, they're getting played out. They're about to lose. And then Chris was like, you know what? This ain't WWE. And I was like, you know what? That's right, because Rhea Ripley got played out, and she won. Yep. And when they won, I was excited. Like, that match was phenomenal. Like, the Young Bucks, I don't like them. Like, I don't really like their conservative Christian views or whatever. But they're hell of a, they're, they put on a hell of a show no matter who they wrestle with. Yeah. Like I know they get a lot about their spot monkeys or all this other stuff, but they they're pretty fucking good. Y'all cannot yeah. take that away from them. It doesn't matter how obnoxious you think they are. It doesn't matter if you think they're overrated because they're truly not. They're good. They evoke and emotion every time. I was hating on them a couple of weeks ago when I was talking to Chris about it. I was sitting here like, you know what? They're not even in my top ten of you know tag team. Damn it, they are in my top 10 now. If that is the love letter to Tag Team Wrestling Part 2, that's not a love letter. That was a whole mixtape. Yeah, so that... If you... If I'm going to recommend a match for you to go see, that's the one to go watch. There are so many moments. There's, It was literally a... There was a story in that match, and it even called back to some of their other matches together. So definitely go back and watch that match. It was a banger from start to finish. It is definitely one of our match of the year candidates. Um, the next match was the Women's Casino Battle Royale, and it just kind of hit me earlier today. It looks like they've reset the women's division. With Britt Baker being the champion, it's like it reset. And it didn't really hit me until tonight on Dynamite. They played a, a package, and it was all women, the women's division, basically. 
So they had Jade, uh, Jade and Nyla. I guess they're the beginning of whatever they're going through about who's mm-hmm. more dominant. They had Thunder Rosa calling out, calling her shot. They had the Bunny and uh, Penelope Ford calling at uh, Anna J and Ty Conti. It and of course on Dark they sat there and uh and it, well, in that match, the casino battle like in the casino battle rail, all these things happened. Uh, Diamante and Big Swole they went at each other in the battle rail like instantly. It's like this battle royale would maybe the beginning of probably trying to get the women back on the right track again, and having more than one match on Dynamite, right? So I was like, "It's I will keep an eye on this because it looked promising." Because definitely your top feud right now in the winner of the battle royale was Ruby uh, Soho. She's going to be going up against Britt Baker at some point in time. But just looking at all the stories that was going on in that battle royale, and they actually spotlighted them and talked about them. Like uh, Sky Blue, she is uh, was a hometown hero for in Chicago. She got her spot because of that, and they said they're going to be doing more with her because of how she was in that turn in there. Uh, Jamie Hader being a part of Britt Baker's family, I guess I don't know what we're calling that. The Office. <laughs> Uh, the, the 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 dentistries, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't. It's just her her entourage, but there's stories in all of it, and I'm actually I'm happy that they're finally getting this. Now I just need them to keep it going because the there's a there's a really good division over there. Let's just keep it moving. And please do not put them on dark. Like, don't, let's not, because to me, I was, that match with Diamante and, and Big Swole, if you haven't seen it, and it was on Dark last last night, excellent match. It excellent. Really was. And I and like, it, the concept was good, too. I, I really like that concept. And I think it ended their feud with each other, finally, because Big Swole was getting her butt kicked by Diamante, and she finally got the win. Ooh, and it was, ooh, she she ate dirty dancing with a chain to the face. Right. Like, ooh. It's like with, with AEW, don't tell us your women's stories on because some of us don't watch dark. Like I, I don't. I don't watch dark. I don't like I don't watch elevation. I mean, I don't watch it often. I don't won't say I won't watch I don't watch it. I don't watch it often. And my thing Yeah, this was, was my first time watching it. And see, I told you about that. I was like, yeah, Big Swole and Diamante has a really good feud going over on Dark and on Elevation, but they're putting it over there. That should have been on Dynamite. That could have been a main event on Dynamite. Yeah, something. Like, but and then I, uh, like, as I was watching it, there was a couple of storylines over there. I'm like, well, why ain't this going on on TV? This is more composing. What's going on now? Like the what? whole Dark Order breakup thing. That just made it to TV today. Yes, because they had matches with each other and stuff and everything. Yes, because they got what they call themselves the Dark Order Wolf Pack, and then I think it's just a regular Dark Order. Yeah, yeah. It's Dark Order. It's Dark Order Hollywood and Dark Dark Order Wolf Pack. <laughs> See, we we're missing it, and it's like Tony, dude, you do you know how much 
you don't have to feature the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega every week. We know mm-hmm. they're there in the background. Yeah, just give them a video package. We're good. <laughs> we don't need all that. Right. You could literally in the Dark Order stuff that was on tonight, y'all could have literally had the breakup and the the forcomingness of, you know, Evil Uno, like, trying to be the boss that he's not the boss. You know, that could have been on Dynamite. This, All of this, everything that's on Dark could be on Dynamite, but they keep saying things like, well, we don't think they're TV ready. No, we can't keep saying that about Big Swole and Diamante. They are, they are TV ready. Yeah. So, uh, we'll try to get through the rest of this card, because as you can tell, we got uh, some gripes with AEW. I got gripes well, with WWE too. But we, got, AEW, we got gripes with all of wrestling in general. We'll get into it. Except for MLW. MLW and, and Ring of Honor are the only two that, to me, are doing right. I think we could throw Impact in there too. Oh, yeah, Impact is... I haven't been watching Impact in, since Kiara left. I ain't been watching. I ain't gonna lie. You missed some good stuff. We'll, uh... The next match on the card after the battle royale was Trish Jericho versus MJF. And MJF, uh, he did lose, but he probably had the greatest troll of the night. Yes, he did. I thought Jericho was going to give us Y2 Jericho. We thought we were getting Y2J. No, we got the big dud. His last match. Jericho's MJF. last match. And then MJF comes out. It's a. It was a really good story. It referenced back to the matches. Honest to God, this is the match that was probably the biggest disappointment to me, but it wasn't a bad match. So, but Jericho won. He didn't go. He's not retiring. Uh, I mean, no, that match was kind of, it was, it was disappointing. Like the way it was rushed, I felt like. I don't know. I just, it just is it to me. I guess I really think the way the feud in general kind of takes it away from me because it was booked backwards. Yes. So, but yeah, hopefully it's over with now. So well, everything with the pinnacle and the inner circle was booked backwards. We'll just yeah, that. That, that that's what that entire thing was booked backwards. Like we were good, we were good until the pinnacle was formed. Once the pinnacle was formed. That everything was completely jacked up from there. Like, Letting go and the stampede, uh, the stadium stampede, those were booked backwards. Yeah, like all of it. Just like, yeah, we don't, yeah, just stop. <laughs> all right. Our next match was the return of CM Punk as he beat Darby Allen. Punk showed he still has it. He said it's like riding a bike. And I mean, it said that wasn't a bad match either. It wasn't his best showing, but I mean, it's also his first match after seven years. So, what do you expect? CM Punk was rusty. And am I the only person that was just weirded out by the fact that he had on pants? No. And I said that I was like, he doesn't look right with pants. He needs his bloomers back. Like, I don't know if it was because it was on short notice. And he didn't have any type like he can't fit his tights or something. But yeah, we need at least at least give us like the fight shorts or something. <laughs> give, give me some legs, CM Punk. I need to see some legs. Yeah. He looked he looked like a dad. Like he looked like somebody's daddy out there wrestling. Like I was like, what? He's wearing pants. See, when Jericho started wearing pants, that freaked me out too. So it was like, CM Punk. But, but it wasn't out of the norm because we've seen him wear pants. He yeah, only, but he was only wearing tights for like maybe what three or four years. 
Yeah, but it, it's fun. Still, what I'm saying is, it throws you off guard. But yeah. But now it's like Sam Punk, You need the bloomers back, man. Mm. That match to me was probably not my favorite of the whole pay per view. But it wasn't bad. Like we said, it wasn't bad. It told the story. It it served its purpose. It did what it's supposed to do. It understood the uh the, the assignment. Yeah. All right. I think he was just rusty. And then when he started getting into it, like CM Punk, like midway towards the end, started getting into it. Then it started getting better. Yeah. Like it was just slow. Yeah, I think that's all it is. Just trying to get back into the groove of everything. All right. Our next match, the bathroom break match, Paul White defeated QT Marshall. You ain't lying when you said this was I was in I did not even see this whole match because I went to the bathroom. <laughs> I didn't see this I match. Left, that's when I sat there and made my Twitter post. I sat there and got something to snack on. And then when I came when I was coming back, Big Show hit Paul White had just choke slammed QT Marshall and the match was over. I don't need to see what happened. I'm pretty sure I know what happened. I'm pretty sure the fact you tried to attack messed up. Choke slam, we're done. <laughs> yeah, definitely did not see this match at all. I was two white claws into it and had to use the bathroom. I was like, oh, <laughs> nope, nope. So I missed this one. Yeah, I don't think you I don't really think you missed anything. <laughs> all right. The main event, the AW World Title match, Kenny Omega defeats Christian Cage. We pretty much figured that Christian, since he already got a win over Omega and got titles off of him, he wasn't winning this match. But the big thing out of this match, again, was the end. And that was the debut of Adam Cole returning to the Elite. And resurrected. He was resurrected. On and resurrected and brought back. <laughs> And the debut of the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Can I say this real quick? I don't acknowledge that man as the American Dragon. I only acknowledge one person as the American Dragon. Who? Jake Long. (laughs) That cartoon. Brian Brian Danielson was the American Dragon long before Jake Long. (laughs) Jake Long is still the American Dragon. I don't care what anybody says. That theme song bopped back in the day. Uh, he he had that long before. He, I think it might have been around the same time, actually. I think so. Either way it goes, Jake Long is the American Dragon. In fact, I might, we might be on so I think it's probably where he got it from. <laughs> Sitting at home eating cereal one day. That don't sound too bad. American Dragon? Take it. They say, go ahead and call him a ring of water and tell him that's my new name. Uh, but... That was the show. Do you have any thoughts about the show as a whole? As a whole, I gave I would give all out a B. I would give it a B plus. It wasn't bad. There was I mean, I, I can't say that anything was terrible, you know. But to me, the Adam Cole, I did not I thought it was going to be uh Brian Danielson coming out, but then it was Adam Cole. Baby, and then it was like, then Brian Danielson comes out. So I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disappointed. I think they did a great job. I just, I'm now, I'm worried for the future of AEW. That brings me to my next question. With bringing in all these people, 
we're not going to put Ruby Soho in this because the women's division could probably use a shot with her, of yeah. star power with her. But with bringing in people like Punk, Brian Danielson, and Adam Cole, what does this do for your young and upcomers, specifically people like Adam Page? Well, when I was listening to Jobber Tours the other week, they brought up a good point about this whole situation. And then I to other people, and I'm thinking to myself, to me, okay, so I've been telling, I've been talking to Mr. Me and Mr. Chris have talked about this. So I've got five dudes in mind who I call, I call them the AEW homegrowns. That's your Adam Page. You know, you know, Adam Page is not, but I still consider him AEW homegrown. Jungle Boy, MJF, Orange Cassidy. Am I missing somebody? I'm missing somebody. Darby Allen. Yes, that's who it is. Somebody's going to get mad. One of them. Because they're being pushed to the back for these guys. And who's going to jump ship to go to WWE? And not even jump. They don't even have to go to WWE or go to MLW or Ring of Honor. And I feel like out of those five, it's one of them. If it's not one, it's two. I agreed with you until I saw Dynamite tonight. Because looking back at everybody, Darby Allen's over. Yeah. Jungle Boy in in general is over. He's in a tag team where they very well could be tag champs. Uh MJF has been over since day one. Who else was it? Uh, Orange Cassidy. He can do no wrong. Well, Orange Cassidy's over, but he's been pushed uh he's been pushed back, back, back. He's been pushed like, back and then they microwave him and then all of a sudden he's back up in the world title picture. Because that's what happened to Double or Nothing. He got a couple of wins and then oh look, he's back. He's ready. But then you push him back into tag team status again. Or trio status until uh Chuck until comes Trent, back. Till Trent gets better. Trent. Yeah. Till Trent comes back. And it's I don't know. I feel like now MJF has said in years past, or not years past, in the past year, that WWE is still a dream for him. Mm-hmm. But what he did tonight, you can't do that in WWE. You really yes. can't. You really can't. <laughs> they not taking um, him. Like, I was like, no, nah, he's not going. Because the way he, he messed me, I was like, done. Done. MJF is probably the, my, him and, and Britt Baker are my favorite. Like, that's who I'm watching for every week. I, I mean. I can't hear <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the future might be okay, but once you get outside of those home, those five homegrowns you talked about, that's where it gets a little shaky for me. Because are they going to bring anybody else up? Like they've done good job keeping Powerhouse Hobbs strong, but when are y'all going to sit there and take the wind out of his sails? Or even because Brian Cage. Brian Cage as well. That entire thing. Uh, who else do we got down there? Uh, the Ricky. Okay, we, we can just go ahead and say Team Taz in general because yeah. I'm pretty sure Ricky Stark is top 10. Powerhouse Hobbs is four or five right now. No, he's four because Moxley five. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I, would, I would agree with you until we get to when we get to like those ones just 
under those five that you talked about. Because I'm pretty sure that Jungle Boy and uh, the Lucha, no, they're called the the Jurassic Express will be fine as in the tag team division. MJF, Paige, and well, I will just say those two are pretty, pretty much the bottom part of that main event scene that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And in at any time can be put into that world title scene. And I'm pretty sure Darby and, and, and uh, Orange Cassidy and, and can go anywhere at any time. They pretty much have been that way because after they touched Jericho with Cody, they shot up. Yeah. I think Paige is like the last one that they need to get to well, I think he he I, I, in my eyes Paige is there, but he might need one more big feud in order to get it. I'm just curious about with him because his wife is not. I mean, and, and what we're talking about, his wife is pregnant. She's not like due tomorrow. She's not due next week. You know what I'm saying? They like literally just found out she's pregnant, and you know they're on this baby moon or whatever, which I can totally understand. You want to take some time off before you you know, have a baby, but she's not due until, like, next year. And Like, I didn't like the excuse that they gave, you know, that, hey, you know, he wants to spend time with his wife before they have their baby, but I'm like, she just found out she was pregnant, you know? But then it's like, oh, well, now we don't want to, you know, we don't want him to be overshadowed by, you know, Brian Danielson and and CM Punk. Mm. And it's kind of like, I mean, I don't know. And then, did you see what Bully Ray said on his podcast Nuh-uh. that he said that there's some rumblings backstage that some people are already upset about what's going on in AEW after the debuts that happened at All Out. And a lot of people was like, oh, you know, Bully Ray, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But, you know, he's been in this game for a long time. So when he he's, says something, I, I ultimately believe him. He's been there for the bad and he's been there for the good. Right. He's seen a company go under and he's seen when a company is going right so two companies go under yeah so i think he he's a better judgment of it than anybody else and he probably has some backstage knowledge that we don't know but he has said in his um uh, podcast that there are some rumblings backstage that some of the wrestlers or some people are not happy about what's going on right now Mm. but then that harkens back to when jericho and Cody Rhodes said that they were not going to sign a bunch of WWE guys. But then you got Tony Khan saying, I don't care what y'all said. We're signing these guys. I got the person rings. Y'all don't. I think some of it is more of a you're stupid if you pass this guy up. Yeah. But then you got Cody who's kind of like, you know, we kind of want to make a name for ourselves. You know, we want to have a you know, we want to make a name. You know, we want to make a name for Darby Allen. We want to make a name from Adam. Because these are people, like, I didn't know these people, like Orange Cassidy, none of them, because I didn't really watch the indie scene like that. I didn't know them until AEW. Mm-hmm. So I, I can see where Cody is coming from. Like, we, you know, we want to make a name for ourselves. We want to make a name for these guys. And, I mean, Jericho was like that because Jericho was a smaller guy in WCW. Yeah. So I can see them making that argument that we want to make a name for these guys. That nobody knows. Let's not keep. Let's not bring in these WWE guys that everybody knows. And I don't want to call them WWE guys, but let's not bring in people from the E that everyone knows and they're already over. Right. Because that's like what 
Chris was saying about Ruby Soho, because I picked her, I picked the Joker to win, but that's a cheat. But he was like, no one was cheering for Ruby to be, you know, where she's at now in WWE. And what? even these fans, y'all wouldn't, we wouldn't, we wasn't cheering for her like that. Now, I used to say things like, well, damn, you know, y'all broke up the ride squad, do something with one of the three. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, they're only cheering, the fans are only cheering for her because she left WWE. Yeah, pretty much. Like, if you weren't following her as Heidi Lovelace, then you're probably not a real fan of her. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, mean, or, I mean, Ruby Ryan could have probably pulled in because she when she came in the NXT, she was hot. And I think she only done it for like a month. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, WWE didn't even, you know, they didn't put the rocket on her back either. They didn't. They didn't. So. But then AEW does it. But it's like, then you spin in the face of people like Big Swole, Diamante, you know, even Jade. And I know Jade is green as heck. Um, you know, Nyla Rose. Like, there is a list. Like, they have, are they just throwing it out for the women now? Like, there is not going to be that, you know, records aren't going to count. Because I'm CM Punk kind of said tonight that, hey, I'm going to follow the rules. I'm following the records and I'm going to build myself up. The women's side is like, well, what's a record? I haven't seen, uh, honestly, guy, I haven't seen a record since the Eliminator. I'm, yeah, when, because that's about when they, uh, the Eliminator Tournament for a, a shot at uh, Camille's title. That's the last time I've seen a record. After that, I know Chris Chris Statlander was number one contender. Right. And I don't know if the Casino Battle Royale is more so like a reset for it or what. But I haven't really seen any women's records since. And I think, honestly, the last time I've seen a record, I think Riho was up there in the top five. Mm. So it's one of those things where it's like, are we throwing the record out for the women and then with the men, we're going to keep it? You know, I just have questions with AEW sometimes. I mean, I don't say We can go go that another time. All right. Now, like I said, uh, they released the PWI top 500, top 10 list. Okay, I did find it. It's not the full list. The full list was not released yet. Only the top 10. Well, oh, keep in mind it's for the men because somebody got this upset. Is, this is for the men. This is not for the women. This is not oh, like this is only the men. This is not the black one. This is only the men. So, no, Rich Swan, number nine, nine Shingo Takaki. The he is the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Number eight Finn Balor. Number seven, also IWGP. World Heavyweight Champion Will Ospreay. Uh, number six, John Moxley. Number five, Kota Ibushi. Number four, Drew McIntyre. Number three, Bobby Lashley. Number two, Roman Reigns. And number one, Kenny Omega. Your thoughts? Okay, so <laughs> number one, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you are a fan of Drew McIntyre, I am sorry. He does not need to be up there. He doesn't. I'm sorry. I I, I don't know. I'll push back on that one. But I, I, in the last, at the beginning of when I guess this list was started, he was white hot and he was champion. Uh, his character is just too dry for me. I'm sorry. It's dry like turkey. I'm sorry. He, got, it, he did get dry around that November to uh, November to June. 
but he's starting to pick back up now. Give me the Scottish psychopath. I will, if you say Scottish psychopath, yes, he belongs. He belongs there. But other than that, I have no problems with the list. Everyone, I know everyone's losing their minds about Kenny Omega being number one and in, and Roman being number two. I don't have a problem with it because that spot right there is interchangeable between the two. They're both hitting. They're both hitting when it comes to now. Kenny doesn't wrestle a lot, but Kenny's hurt. We know it. You can look at Kenny and, and look at his matches. That man is wrestling hurt, and he's purely wrestling for us. I really think the only reason Kenny got that number one spot is because he held titles, world championships in other companies where Roman what? is just the one. Like. If, and I'll, I'll even sit there and say Bobby can be interchangeable in that because all three of them have been dominant. They have right. had great matches. And there's there's cases for all three of them. I think the only reason I think Kenny got that is because he held Impact's championship. He has the AAA Omega championship and the AEW championship where Roman, who's just been champion since last SummerSlam and Bobby, who's just been champion since TLC, the night after TLC, I believe so. So, and that's the only reason why I think Bobby's in the spot he's at, just because Roman held the belt three months more earlier than he did. So, to me, it's one of there. That that list, the top ten, and then someone tried to argue that Rich Swan doesn't need to be up there. Rich Swan no, needed. Rich Swan was world champion in Impact. And, and he worked his ass off to Rich get there. One, it would, oh, they, I, and this is where people who don't watch Impact, this is where they miss out on it. Because Rich Swan definitely deserves to be up there. Facts. Because his storyline in when he did get the world title was he got to learn to be the champion. There's some things you just can't overcome, and Kenny Omega just happened to be one of them. But for the most part, Rich Swan worked his ass off and still continues to work his ass off. And had a good ass match to win the title from Eric Young. Yes. Who was also hurt. Both of them was wrestling kind of well, Rich Swan was recovering from injury, but EY was not to mention one of our one of the show one of our match of the year candidates, Moose versus Rich Swan. Go back and watch that match and tell me that man ain't work his ass off. The only person I really have an issue with being on this list is probably Moxley. Oh, yeah. wow. I don't think he's in top 10 contention. I mean, he lost the belt when? Last was it just before Double or Nothing last year? Or after Double or Nothing? Omega's been the champion almost a year? He was champion till uh, when did he lose uh, that belt? Didn't Kenny get the belt in like December? That might be it. Yeah. Kenny Omega got the belt in December. And then, yeah, in December, like, end of 2020, pretty yeah. much. And by the so, time Moxley was getting born, he was. He's just now starting to – he's getting back into crazy Moxley now. And that's because of all these other in New Japan guys. If we're going to sit there and redo this list, I'm putting Moxley 10. And I'm also going to put Finn Balor at 9. Because, yes, he was a good champion. He, we. This is where I don't think that he should be over Shingo Takagi or Will Ospreay. 
where he kind of sandwiched in between them right now. I don't think he should be in that. Well, Osprey was hurt too, so Osprey was hurt. Yes, and and that whole situation is kind of weird too because they both hold the same title, Mm -hmm. and we don't know when they're going to be able to do anything that's going to unify that title. Because Will Ospreay's over here right now, but he's also is he is he really pissed at New Japan or is this just a work? I'm not 100 sure because I heard before he came back that he was pissed off. Yeah, because they said like he was mad that they made him relinquish the title when he was like, "Dude, all I got to do is just kind of rehab my neck and I'll be back." And they're like, "Nope." <laughs> and then you know with the COVID, because that's it, the thing. Like he went home to rehab his neck. He didn't stay in Japan. That could be it. Now, I've heard things where saying they didn't want him to leave, but he left anyway. Yeah. So that might be some of it right there. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. I mean, but for them to let him come back on TV, there might be some kayfabe to it. But all right. Before we wrap up, I do have a question for you because, as we said, if you're a follower of, P, of Power Up to Power Bombs, and a few other podcasts and other wrestlers, we've been pushing an initiative to try and get more African American wrestlers out in in predominance. What's the word? How do how can I make this sound professional? <laughs> we trying to get more black people out there for everybody. More black representation and wrestling out there. We want more black people. On TV and in all companies in top spots in spots that are influential, uh, and I know if you've seen if you've been following the Twitter, the hashtag Black Wrestling Draws has been around, has been uh, floating around. It's all about diversity, and I'm gonna ask you what what do you think diversity in wrestling should be? Well, what's your definition for it? It should be everyone of color is represented in a in a healthy and a very. I mean, and I'm not saying that you know all people of color should be heels or faces, but we should have a multitude of representation in wrestling. Like little black girls should be able to see other black women of different shades that look like them. Um, um, The Hispanic community should see different women and men of different shades because there's not just one shade of of Hispanic. There's several different ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the Latino community, there's several different shades. There should be different shades that represent that child. So if I'm an Afro-Latina, which I'm not, but if I was an Afro-Latina, I should be able to look on TV and see another Afro-Latina Who's dark like I am, and they're not treated as in as like a second, second rate person. No, we could just throw them here, ain't nobody watching for them or nothing. Or just use one race, like oh, she's Afro Latina, she's dark skinned, but we're gonna treat her as black, right? You know, it it should be, and I mean that's what the Hispanics, that's with Asians, Japanese, and Chinese. There should be all kinds of representation, and to, honestly, NXT's kind of doing it right. <laughs> But and there, I mean, there are some companies that are doing it right, and then there are some companies that are doing it wrong. They're not even, or they're not doing it wrong. They're just not being. They're not doing it. And there's been a lot of talk on Twitter that from people who are 
I'm going to say unseasoned. Yes. Who say that we shouldn't be asking for diversity. First off, diversity isn't just giving us a bone every now and then just to keep us quiet. We want the same opportunities as our white counterparts. Like, just as we're getting, just as like Kenny's getting getting chances, we want somebody else to get chances. Um, the other night on All Out, because I think that's what We've been saying this for a while, but what really sparked it is on All Out poster, you see nothing but white people, and you get the Lucha Bros, and you get Mark Henry. Hell, for the women, you only get Britt Baker. (laughs) Right. Oh, wow, I didn't even look at the All Out poster. Man. Mark Mark Henry is not wrestling currently. Why Why is he on this? Why couldn't we, uh, like, for a buy-in match, why couldn't we get that uh, Big Swole Diamante match? Why couldn't we get more than what we did get? Like, I know uh, uh, I know the biggest people who have been getting the more hate about this have been AEW uh, about not having black people on TV. And it's true, they don't have black people on TV. Tonight was the first time that we've seen as many as we have seen. And we had uh who we had we had a J package. We had okay. Max Caster and uh Anthony Bowen. We had Powerhouse Hobbs and Dante Martin. Mm-hmm. This is the most we've had in a long time on AEW. On Raw. We literally just had a gauntlet match that included at least four teams of color. Right. And that's not always a thing that happens. And on Raw, which everybody can say Raw is trash, but almost and Bobby, I need it. Didn't think I needed it, but I need it. You don't need it. <laughs> you don't need it. I want to see it, at least. Just give you me a look. You saw it. That's all you're getting. I know. I want more of it. Like, just give me, you know, a sneak. You know, they ain't got to go for the title now. But uh, we we bring up the diversity talk because we want the people that we want this to be undeniable. No, we're not the leaders of the movement, but we feel like if we can at least talk about it and get it out there, more people will start catching on and they're like, well, let's. Let's try to do more to help get more black people out there. More black, like I like I said last week, we just got a list of five hundred. You might not know all of them, but you can at least take the time to see some of them, find out where they're at. Just support them. The more support you get to them, then the more chances we have of getting those people out there. And even if we can't get them out there, there are companies who have built a platform for them to be out there. Um, Fight One out of D.C., Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment, um, who, uh, Black Wrestling Matters. Uh, I just learned about one last night, B.A.C.W., and they have a YouTube show that's been going on for a while um, that is all black. Uh, I spoke with Tootie. Um, 
we just want more. It's like for us to have a list of five hundred black wrestlers, we should see them more places. We should see right. them everywhere. And tonight we did uh, hear about. Congrat! Uh, should we give a huge congratulations to Lee Moriarty, who was just signed by AEW today? That's a step in the right direction if they use him and yes. not just sit him on dark. If I said Tony Khan, you got to do right by him and don't give him a brass ring like you did Scorpio Sky. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do it. Like I said, um, uh, from what I took from the meeting that basically came up with the idea for the Black Wrestlers draws hashtag, if they're not going to let us some, come eat at the table, we'll build our own house. And I'm all for that. I've kind of given up on trying to go to certain places to look and see what they're going to do with black people. I feel like if I want to go see black people, I'm going to go find them. That's how I came across Trisha Dora, how I came across Lee Moriarty, uh, Shug D, and stuff like that. Um, I just wish that wrestling would do better by those wrestlers because they don't put their bodies on the line for nothing. This in the at the beginning of the pandemic, you realize there were more black people on TV than ever before. Yeah. And the moment they stopped being in empty arenas and stuff, that kind of just slowly went away. I remember when everything shut down and Cody and them were running out of a little warehouse, we were seeing Should D on TV just about every week. Whether he was in the crowd, whether he had a match, he was on TV just about every week. And the moment that we don't have that anymore, I don't see him anymore. And I don't like that. They deserve the same, like, I'm trying not to get upset about it, but it's kind of hard. I mean, it, it's, it is kind of hard, especially when, I mean, and, 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 and we're not ragging, and don't get me wrong, we're not really ragging on AEW because WWE has their whole, you know, skeletons. My issue, yeah, my big issue with WWE is the fact that it took 70-something years to get here. Yes, yes. They're, putting people, they're putting black people on TV now, but it took like almost 70 years to get here. Kofi Kingston, it took him 11 years to even get a title shot. Bobby Lashley. Bobby. Bobby longer. <laughs> he had to he leave. As he a single one. Like, Bobby had to leave to go get a title shot, get a world title match. And even when he came back, it was still another two or three years before they decided, okay, let's give Bobby a match. But to me, I think with AEW, <clears throat> I think for our issues lies like you said when when you know there was no crowds and it was just the wrestlers out there you've seen the ones that were on dark you've seen them on in the crowd you know even and, they were, and they were more entertaining Faye Jackson was out in that crowd and she was more entertaining than the people in the ring right Willow Nightingale out in that crowd more entertaining when she got in that ring she put on a show why is she on TV that is somebody I believe wholeheartedly should be on TV. Willow Nightingale is a star. Why didn't they sign her and make her all elite? Right. 
uh, Chris Bay, yes, Impact hurry up and grabbed him up. But Cody, you can hear Cody talking about him. Like, what What was the holdup, Cody? Why didn't you grab him? I don't know if that was a Cody decision or a Tony Khan decision. Like, there's just, there's too much talent to have not have them in predominant in, uh, in, in big spots and big places doing great things. And the only reason why we're saying this about AEW is because, you know, back in 18, 2018, Cody Rhodes told us that we were going to get, you know, something different. We were going to get, you know, we wasn't going to get what WWE is giving you. Right. But it's kind of like y'all almost three years in and we're kind of getting what they WWE. Dipped, they dipped their toe in a little bit. That's it. They just dipped it. Just, dip, just a dip. Will y'all need world champions? Y'all need black champions? Okay, we'll give Scorpio Sky title man, uh, a tag title. He gets to be the first tag champ. We don't need a toe in. We need the whole body. You need to dip the whole body in. Right. Like. And if you even if you're drowning in it, black folks, we like wrestling too. So it's like we're gonna stand behind whoever. You know, we're gonna support whoever. Exactly, and that's just kind of where I'm at with it. I'm supporting black wrestlers. That's <laughs> yeah. I, I watch wrestling. I love wrestling. I debate the things that we do debate, but for the most part, I am fully engulfed in the black wrestlers of the world. So if you're a black wrestler, you instantly have my support. I'm definitely buying merch when I can because having three kids is a little <laughs> expensive. Right. Uh, I'm trying, like, I'm trying to get us together so we can go to this uh, Dream Pro show because Queen Aminata is gonna be there, Eli Isom is gonna be there. Like, these are big star, big black rest, black wrestlers to us. Uh, I think Maserati's supposed to be there. So, I'm all about supporting black wrestling now. And I'm gonna say my last thing, and just like Shane Taylor tweeted out a couple, what was that, a month, a month or two ago. That Shane Taylor Promotions is too elite to be on dark, or too too elite to be in the dark. Yes, and that's a prime example of. And then what he did with Trisha Dora. Do you know? I was at work. I was at work, and I seen the video, and I screamed out loud. (laughs) She's getting signed to Ring of Honor, probably. She should. That should be the face of that of that women's division. I wholeheartedly believed with all my heart she was going to get that belt. And she, you can't tell me she did not deserve that belt. You cannot tell me that she don't deserve that. The work she puts in, nobody's mm-hmm. moving like her. Nobody's working like her. Let's say, she's going to show promotions and she's the queen. Woo. But the what? But that interaction—that's what's needed on TV, right? There was no hold your no, don't cry thing. Like no, you're a queen. Hold your head up. Your crown will fall. I'm gonna make you like you do your part. I'm gonna make sure they know your name. That's what we need. We need to have each other's back and get out of this crabs in a barrel mentality. We have for so long been. Th- been taught to think in the wrestling community that there doesn't only be one black person on top at a time. We can only have like a couple at a time. No. And we, we also been taught that the darker the skin in wrestling, the more you don't get to do anything. Yes. The lighter skin females get TV time. The darker skin females, they get in-house shows. 
yeah, we can you know say go ahead and kill all that now. If was it all black was that was need that same equal right to be on TV. Forget shade, forget all that. Oh Lord, I'm just I'm gonna get out of bed. All right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. <laughs> Uh, where can we find you at, ma'am? All right, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at BlackBarbie116. I'm on uh, Facebook as Ariel Cottrell, and I'm also in the Sheer Geekdom group. We haven't had a new episode, Godly. We were just slacking, but uh, <laughs> we'll get there eventually. But yeah, we've been busy, so we're uh, trying to virtual school these kids, and me going back to the office. So. Hopefully, we'll get back into the groove of recording soon. But yeah, that's where you can find me. All right. And before I do my spiel, I want to go ahead and again send a congratulations out to Lee Moriori on his signing. Uh, shout out to American Wrestling. Shout out to the Jabba Terrace podcast. I want to give a special shout out to a friend of a friend who I've been speaking with in on Twitter. Uh, her name's Smiley. She ju- uh, she had a podcast that she just recently released a new episode after being on hiatus for like months because of life. Uh, let, make sure you guys give a listen to the Black Wrestling Revolution podcast. Uh, she is definitely a huge advocate for Black Wrestling. She has been on the front lines of it. She's also the one who was hosting the Faye Jackson trial and the trial of Seahawk. Uh, she's always you always see her front and center on the front line fighting for black. Please give her a uh her podcast a listen. That is the Black Wrestling Revolution. Um, shout out to Deville Wrestling. Shout out to Random Digits. Shout out to the uh, the Villains. And I believe that is it on that. And if you want to get in touch with us, we have a IG, Power Ups and Power Bombs. It's all one word. If you want to get us on Twitter, P-U-P-B Podcast. If you need to get in touch with me directly, I am at B-I-G. D-R-Y-Z-Z-Y 502 and I believe that it, it did I forget anything? Nope, I can't think of anything. Because I don't remember anything anyway. <laughs> oh! Happy Burl, happy, happy Burl, happy birthday Janelle from HR from the Job Chase, on the Job Chase podcast. Happy birthday! Alright, we are out. <laughs>